Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. I'm your host, Phil Denner, joined as always by founder and president of Alliant Leadership, Joe Denner. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Phil. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. Joe, we are going to be discussing a topic today that almost everyone deals with, and that is conflict in the workplace. (laughs) Yes. Before we begin, uh, I'd like to reference three statistics I came across uh, while I was preparing for the show. Uh, First, in a 2008 study from CPP Global Human Capital Report uh, titled Workplace Conflict and How Business Can Harness It to Thrive, um, which was conducted in Europe, U.S., and Brazil, they said 85% of employees of all levels experience conflict to some degree. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And uh, in a Forbes article uh, titled Conflict Resolution, When Should Leaders Step In?, uh, they stated that 60 to 80% of all difficulties in organizations uh, come from strained relationships among employees. And I think that's really significant. Yeah. yeah and I would agree with that I, from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final statistic, uh, actually from that same Forbes article, uh, they actually pointed out that the typical manager spends 25 to 40% um, of his or her time dealing with uh, workplace <laughs> conflicts, which just seems like an incredible time waster. To oh me. yeah, and I agree with that, and I I see that, and you are right, Phil. It, it's an unbelievable waste of time, and even more important, one of the topics we've talked about on a previous podcast is it's a waste of energy. Oh man, big time. Well, we're going to be going over uh, some questions about conflict that we see in the workplace, and just how to deal with uh, those different types of conflict, but. Uh, Before we jump into that, I just want to take a minute to welcome uh, all of you who are tuning in. Uh, If you're a first-timer, welcome, Uh, and we invite you to uh, check out the podcast on uh, iTunes. Subscribe there, or you can visit joedenner.com. Go to the Services tab and click the podcast, and you can check out uh, the first six podcasts uh, that we recorded, um, along with this one and future ones as well. Uh, and also feel free to subscribe to Joe Denner's uh, blog, and you actually will get the podcast delivered uh, right to your email as well. And with that, you will receive Joe's uh, book, 10 Ways to Live on Purpose, as a free gift. Uh, so I encourage you to do that. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and get started here. So Joe, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to start. What kinds of conflict do you see most common in the workplace? I think the most common conflicts that I see are peer-to-peer conflicts. Um, I think we see them all over the place. I mean, they're up and down the organizational lines, but I think the ones that I see most often are peer-to-peer. However, when I when I thought about that question, I really most thought about the com- most common causes of conflict. And I think the mm. most prevalent thing I find is people who do not understand each other. Yep. Uh, I'm talking about things like communication disconnects and basic mistrust issues that are caused by work style or what we call brain type mm. differences. So rather than taking time to understand others, many people default to being annoyed by or becoming frustrated uh, with one another. So I yeah. think that's the biggest one by far. And the the biggest concern is that most companies don't do work with brain type. They don't yeah. look at that kind of stuff. And so uh, very often those kinds of things don't get addressed very effectively. Uh, I think 
the most uh, the next most common it comes from poor communication and obviously mm. we see this in every human relationship yeah, within organizations and outside but that's a big cause of conflict and i think there are really two pieces that contribute and that's first of all the lack of communication mm-hmm. i was in a workshop recently where one of the trainees said that you know i sit in these meetings all day long and we've got all this you know vision and mission and values and objectives and goals and all this stuff gets shared but he said so many of us as managers we don't think about leaving the meeting and actually taking that stuff back yeah. to our employees and so there's this big void there's this big gap oftentimes between key leaders and their teams because there's just so much information that is not being communicated at all. And then mm-hmm. on, and then you layer on top of that uh, the fact that sometimes we're communicating incorrect information. We're, mm. we're saying things, and, and, and this is a big problem. We talk about in my management training course this idea of cascading messages, this idea of how do we take a message from a leadership meeting and how do we make sure it gets out to all phases and all facets of our organization and that it's the same message. You know, we're yeah. not not playing the telephone game. Uh, we don't have one message coming from one leader and another message come from another leader. So we just have this big conglomeration of bad, ineffective communication. Yeah. But the, well, go ahead. I was just going to say the uh, it just comes brings to mind the whole idea of the grapevine in an organization. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the sense of uncertainty that it creates when you have different messages coming from different places and uh, you don't know if it's rumor or true uh, in some cases and um, some cases just you don't know which which course you're supposed to take and right um, it just that uncertainty just is really difficult to deal with sometimes yeah and I think that's an incredibly key word Phil uh, because uncertainty leads to hesitation mm-hmm. uncertainty leads to this fog and and when we create clarity through good effective communication i just have found that clarity creates confidence yep. but uncertainty creates fear it creates anxiety it creates hesitation and all these uh, really very destructive very costly uh, things for your organization so that's mm-hmm. a great word i'm glad you mentioned that yeah and the last thing uh, that I see, and I'm just going to be super honest here, and that's uh, I see a lot of self-centeredness in the workplace. <laughs> um, you know, I just finished a great book for the second time in the last four months called Leadership and Self-Deception. This, this is in a powerful, powerful book, and we don't have time to get into it in detail, but the basic bottom line problem with self-deception is that we... We tend to look at ourselves as people, as people with valid wants and needs, but but we view others as objects. Hmm. And, and it's a deep subject, but the way we think about ourselves and others plays an enormous role in the presence or the absence of conflict. So I think that's the most common stuff that I see. Well, yeah, I mean, just thinking even just from a relationship standpoint that conflict, a lot of it, just, it stems from people... Um, wanting what they want (laughs) it's pretty simple wanting wanting things to be their way and when it's not going their way there's conflict that's created so now how detrimental can conflict be to an organization because i ask this because conflict is not all in all a bad thing sure um but how in what ways can it be really really detrimental um, and destructive to an organization. Yeah, and I like the way you 
I like the way you presented that because I do think there's such a thing as good, healthy conflict. Yeah. Um, but when we think about unhealthy conflict, I would say uh, how detrimental can it be? Wow, that that's a huge range. I mean, we can talk about, you know, the range of be, having minor disruptions to absolute paralysis and, and even to the destruction of the business. Mm. Uh, I mean, conflict that's not resolved or not dealt with in a respectful manner fuels an environment of mistrust. And as I've shared often in in, in my blog and in the management training course that I just put together, uh, mistrust doubles the cost mm. of doing business. That's a, that is a flabbergasting statistic that came from the Deming Quality Center for Management. And, and I just think it's huge. And conflict unresolved just leads to thicker and higher walls being built between individuals, between departments, between business units and divisions. And so it, it can be enormously, enormously detrimental. And we see things like people withholding information or even I've seen directly and heard in other organizations of things as bad as retaliation or retribution. Wow. And that's that's the kind of conflict that becomes super destructive and can actually be crippling uh, to an organization. And one of the problems that I find is that oftentimes those kinds of conflicts are going on underneath the surface. You know, now when it's yeah, I've had a client who actually had guys that were ready to come to blows. You know, <laughs> at least then it's out in the open and you know it yeah. and you can deal with it. But when it's simmering underneath uh, the surface, boy, that is deadly if if it's not brought to the surface and dealt with. Yeah, that, you know, I I, I remember from old work days just knowing about certain types of conflict that were going on but that weren't being spoken um, <laughs> and I'll share a personal experience um, when I was working in a restaurant um, I was really I'd been bending over backwards and you know this story oh yeah oh, sure just absolutely bending over backwards for this company working uh, overtime while I was work in, in school full-time at, at the same time and uh, was just basically um, getting towards the end of a, of a long fuse and I uh, had a situation that was coming up and I and the problem was I, I didn't deal with it um, in a good way and I, I just kind of kept going and uh, hoping that it would end right. um, and not really speaking up about it um, and ended up with a situation where I just kind of had a meltdown yeah. um, and really blew up uh, with one of my managers, mm -hmm. um, and it, it ended up working itself out in the end. But the the point is, is that um, I just remember the feeling, the feelings that I had, uh, really I think caused some uh, detriment to oh, yeah. my the the way I was working uh, and communicating with others around me. Sure, and there's all kinds of things that you probably don't even remember that that were also you know, just negative aspects of that. But you just, again, you've hit on a really key thing here in that things not being dealt with, they don't get better typically. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. things do not typically resolve themselves because what happens is that you get stuck inside your head and that becomes a pretty ugly story really fast. And then it can even, you can throw fuel on the fire by sharing it with a coworker. And then there's this co you know, commiserating going on yep. and just feeding each other, like, you know, literally throwing gasoline on the flames. But, um, so I'm glad you brought that up 
because it's got to be dealt with. And if we're willing to step into it, man, there's when some really positive things can happen. Yeah. And and that that issue, you know, once once there was that uh, kind of explosion that it, it was dealt <laughs> with, but there was that unfortunate um, incident where, yeah. you know, it just it really kind of came out all at once. Well, that, and it leaves a mark. Yeah. And, and it could have been dealt with in, in another way. Um, but thankfully that it didn't shine too negative, <laughs> too negatively on me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, you know, the fact that there can be some, uh, positive aspects to conflict. Sure. Um, so what, what are the positive outcomes of conflict and can there? Yeah. And I think the key is that there is, let's just state it really clearly. There is a positive side to conflict. There is a positive outcome that's available and waiting on the other end of what I would call healthy conflict and and engaging in that kind of conflict. So I think when we're willing to lean into that and we're willing to engage with the conflict, but here's the king, to with an intention to resolve it for the good of everybody involved, then then there's tremendous potential for growth, both personal and professional. So think about it. When we work through a conflict together, I mean, uh, whether it's a friend or whether it's a colleague or a spouse or whatever it is, when we work through that, we grow in our understanding of one another. So that goes back to one of my big, the thing that I said is one of the biggest contributors is that we don't understand each other. Mm. We we miss each other. We're disconnecting. You know, we're disconnected because we're just coming at things from completely different angles. But when we slow down and when we intentionally lean into the conflict and we actually listen, we can actually learn something about this person. We can actually mm-hmm. learn things about ourselves. And sometimes those things are painful, but there's a huge positive to that when we're willing to step into it, lean into it, work through it, and grow as a result of it. And as a result, on the other end, because we understand each other now better, now we have greater and greater trust mm-hmm. and commitment to the success of the team. Now, that that can become a competitive advantage. You, you know, all kinds of companies talk about competitive advantage. What's our unique selling proposition? How about our ability to just simply work through and resolve conflict health, in a healthy way in an effective manner? I think that's enormous. Yeah, definitely. And, and this next question um, is, what are some ways of dealing with conflict? And before I have you answer, I just want to uh, make a quick suggestion for our listeners um, to go check out the book, Crucial Conversations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's on Joe's site, um, joedender.com, uh, the services tab, products and tools. Um, it's by Carrie Patterson, uh, Joseph Grenny, Ron McMillan, and Al Switzler. Um, just a fabulous book on, on what yeah, Joe's going to be agree. talking about here. One of the best. Um, because I know that this is there's a lot that could be uh, dealt with in this question, but... Uh, yeah. So what, what are some ways with dealing with conflict? Well, I think there's some very specific things that we can do in, in heading into conflict. And if we could, quite frankly, we could do an entire series of podcasts, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to answer this question about what, what are ways to deal with it. But I would think the first thing, and, and this is actually brought out in the Crucial Conversations book, and that is you absolutely must do everything you can to create safety 
between the parties. This is a basic concept of human engagement and interaction, and that is people will lean in, people will engage when they feel safe. If they don't feel safe, then we go into this fight or flight mode, and all that does is kicks kicks the conflict into an unhealthy and escalating pattern. So the first Mm. thing is create safety, and there's a couple basic tools you can use. First of all, safety is established by identifying a common purpose, a mutual purpose, something that we share. We both want something here. And, And when we can identify what we both want, you know, this positive outcome, this, you know, level of profitability or this level of customer service or quality, if we can identify that, that tends to help create this place. Oh, it's safe because we both want the same thing. And then safety is maintained throughout this conversation and exchange by maintaining mutual respect. Because the moment a person feels disrespected, uh, things are going off the rails real fast. So that's the first thing. Safety is absolutely paramount. Next, I think participants need to enter the conversation with a genuine desire to understand before being understood. And, and again, this goes back to that whole issue of selfishness that I mentioned earlier. Yep. It's really important that we enter in not to win. That's not what's most important. Uh, what's most important is that we enter in, and if we can both understand each other better, then that's a big win. So I think mm. we've got to go in with a genuine desire to learn and to understand before being understood. Third right. is a very practical, practical thing that you've probably all heard before when it comes to conflict resolution, and that is when it comes to talking about whatever it is you or the other person is upset about, it's really important to attack the issue and not the person. The moment you attack the person is when you've now been disrespectful and now you it's very easy to put somebody on the defensive when you attack them, their person, their character, but attack the issue and, and use uh, impersonal t- types of statements or use I statements like, you know, I feel like or I sense or I observed um, rather than you did this or you did that. It's I feel or I thought or I wondered. And, and that's a really good way to, to make it not about them, but about the issue. Uh, fourthly, I would say, and this is huge, and I had a, I had a really good mentor uh, on this very point, and that is be willing to take ownership of your contribution mm, to the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you go in with guns blazing about what it's all about them, uh, you are, first of all, you're only seeing at most half of the picture, half of the story. Um, you've got to be willing to own your part. And then the last thing, the last thing I would say is, and I would say this gets left out almost every single time. And that is work toward agreement about how things are going to be handled going forward and actually document that agreement. So work through because so many times we we expend all of our time and energy just talking and venting and getting the issue out. But we never walk it all the way through to where do we go from here? You know, what are we going to do with it next? And, and then actually document that and distribute it to the parties so that everybody can say, yep, that's what we talked about. That's what we agreed on. Let's move forward. So I would say those are some of the just real basic keys to resolving conflict. All right. Yeah, I just I thinking about pretty much every leadership book I've ever been through in school. And uh, they always talk about the, the five approaches to 
conflict, which are competing, accommodating, avoiding, compromising, and collaborating. Uh, and I think that this, what you're, what you're pr- uh, presenting here is mm-hmm. the whole idea of collaboration Absolutely. and really coming together. And, it's, and that is the, uh, the win-win uh, in conflict because mm-hmm. you're working together uh, instead of working against each other um, or against yourself, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Very true. Very true. And finally, uh, do you have any uh, personal examples of conflict in the workplace, uh, maybe something you were directly involved with? or something you witnessed, and also how did you or the parties involved deal with that conflict? Yeah, again, we could, uh, we could take a whole podcast on that. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an executive coach and work with lots and lots of companies, yeah. and conflict is something that I encounter on a regular basis, especially because one of the little niches that I've seemed to have unintentionally developed is that I work with a lot of family-owned businesses. And so there's a lot of family members, a lot of personal friends in, involved in a lot of these businesses. Hmm. And so there's there's plenty of conflict. But I, I've got one, uh, really, one situation that I would say has been a really great example of how to deal with conflict. I've actually, one of the companies that I've worked with quite extensively has actually brought me in to do a workshop, uh, a, a half-day workshop on how to have tough conversations, Hmm. how to have those difficult conversations. And so one of the things that they've done that I thought was outstanding is that the the senior leadership of this organization has encouraged, especially their most senior members of the organization, to really step into difficult conversations with one another. And because there's there, quite frankly, there's been a lot of friction in that organization. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of friction at, at a senior level, but the senior leadership has really encouraged them to step into these conversations. And here's the cool thing: they have offered to those people to bring me in to moderate and to facilitate hmm. those conversations. Now, the cool thing is there have been plenty of times where where those individuals have done this on their own. They have taken the, the little card that I've given them all that has kind of like these six or seven phases of a, of a good, healthy conflict resolution type of a interaction. And they've sat down with those cards and they've just very methodically tried to walk through those together. Sometimes they throw the cards away and just, you know, talk through things and work through things. But that's been really neat. But I've also had the wonderful privilege to be able to sit in on some of those conversations and help facilitate and help make sure that, again, they're understanding each other, they're listening to each other, they're taking ownership. Uh, of their part and then ultimately again we're documenting agreement about where we're going from here so i think that's really important but again the, the examples are incredibly numerous but i love just to summarize it all i love the fact that the senior leadership has done two things number one they have, I think, in, in some regards, modeled this by stepping into difficult conversations themselves. They've invited um, you know, their other senior leaders to step into these difficult conversations and encouraged it and equipped them and given them the tools they've needed. And where those individuals don't feel like they can do this on their own, they've, they have offered an outside resource, which in this case is me, to come in and help facilitate that. And I have seen uh, just really tough conversation after tough conversations uh, engaged in and taken on with some really, really positive results. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. Yep. Uh, And I'm sure uh, if you would like to hear a little more about having those tough conversations, uh, if you'd like to email us at info at joedenner.com, I'm sure we could could talk to you a little bit about that, give you some information 
uh, maybe get you the those cards that Joe mentioned um, that could help you out. Anything else you want to just close with, Joe? Well, I, I just think it's important that we understand that conflict is inevitable. Yeah. Uh, if we live in this in this dream world that if we just do everything right, we'll avoid conflict. Um, you're you're not sane. You're not living in the right world. And I loved how you pointed out uh, the fact that there are good outcomes that can happen from conflict. And mm-hmm. actually, some of the greatest breakthroughs that organizations have experienced have been on the heels of really working through a significant conflict together. And so conflict is not a bad thing per se, but if we allow it to simmer and and just kind of fester, uh, then it becomes destructive and crippling. But if we get it out in the open and we engage in it together in a healthy fashion, uh, we can experience some super positive results. So be courageous, step into it and uh, do the right thing and go into it with the right heart and you'll be you'll be thrilled with some of the things that will happen on the other end. All right. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for your insight uh, and help uh, with all of that. My pleasure. This is definitely something that everyone deals with. Uh, and these these tips that Joe's giving you today could really be helpful. Uh, it is inevitable. Conflict <laughs> is going to yeah. going to affect you in some way at some point. Uh, but just remember, take ownership, uh, create a safe environment, and enter the conversation with a genuine desire to understand before being understood. Uh, and just work together toward agreement um, about how things are going to be handled going forward and document that agreement. These are just some of the tips uh, that Joe has given us for dealing with conflict. And with that, I just want to say thank you again, folks, for tuning in. Again, subscribe on iTunes or check us out at joedenner.com, services tab, and go to podcast there. And you can subscribe to Joe's blog as well as his podcast uh, if you sign up for the email. uh, And you get his book, 10 Ways to Live on Purpose, with that as a free gift. With that, my name is Phil Denner, your host. Join us again next time for another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow.